0: Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While
1: Nine to Fiving podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode six of the podcast. I feel like I start these podcasts exactly the same every time, and I'm a person that never shuts up, but really, I've never got anything to start this podcast with. So. You know, we'll we'll just we'll just kick it straight off. Why not? So, Laura, tell me your low and high for the past few weeks.
0: So, I think we'll, as usual, I'll go in with the low, so we can finish on a high. Um, but my my low is is that those things of you that you just can't control. So, like for example, you know, as much as whatever you can always try and do the positive thing, you know focus on the positives and like keep yourself upbeat and all those sorts of stuff. Um sometimes, you know, you just have those moments where your motivation is completely gone. Or like even stupid stuff. So at the moment, and I think this is because of like over like overhead headphones that I've been wearing. But one of my ears is just really sore at the top. Oh mine's mine is too It's it, what? It probably Yeah, yeah. Well I've got headphones like what you're wearing now, just. Jess is wearing over-the-head headphones, by the way. <laughs> like, and I think that's probably what the issue is. And it's also because I've got quite a few piercings in my ears, which aren't the best things when it comes to, like, earphones and headphones, because they get in the way a bit. But they look really pretty, so I'm keeping them. But it is a thing that... It's just, it's little stuff like that, and, I'm like, that probably is what it is. But I'm not going to change it to make any of that any better, and da 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 And you just kind of have to roll with it. And it's... So it's those, like... Little things about yourself sometimes, where it's like you're just not a hundred percent, but there's not a proper necessarily a proper reason to it, or even if there is, it's something really naff. Like it's, I don't know, you're a woman and it's that time of the month, or like you know, just something that literally you can't actually fix it. You've just got to ride it out. And I think for me, over the past couple of weeks, that's just been a bit of my low. Either something in my body has just been doing my head in, or. In life, it's just been a busy time of year in work, so I'm stressed, and, like, that is just how it is. It's, it's those things where it's just... It is what it is, but it's not, like, rainbows and cupcakes.
1: Yeah, it's rolling with the punches, isn't it? But, like, it's good, though, that you recognise that because I think, you know, from a mental health point of view, there's times when you feel, you know, you have bad mental health and you can't always control it, yeah. and, like, it's about not beating yourself up for when you're not feeling great and, like, you have to to justify it because I feel like we were so when we were kids that everything was going to be good a hundred percent of the time and it doesn't set you up for adulthood because like there's going to be there's going to be bad times isn't there? and you don't know you just got to roll with the punches but you know it's good that you're accepting that that's just a part of life sometimes
0: yeah absolutely and I think as well like when you can kind of recognize it and accept it it stops you from dwelling in it so actually yes. it makes the crappiness shorter because rather than being like, oh my goodness, what is this? Why is this? Duh, 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 duh. This is so sad. This is the worst thing ever. I'm going to like sit in it and dwell in it and da da da. You can just have your
1: moment and then we move on. Do you know what? Like, that's actually been life changing for me over the past like Same. Ne- nearly a year, maybe, because like, I mean, I think we'll do a mental health special at some point. Um, like but, three
0: hours special of-
1: <laughs> yeah we'll need to do a whole series dedicated to our personal mental health um oh it'll be a wild ride um but like what i found now is that like i've experienced more depression in my life than i have sadness yeah. So sometimes what shocks me is when something happens and I feel sad, but I know it's sadness, and I know I can move past it. Does that make sense? Oh, that makes complete
0: and utter sense. Like, cause it's sort of similar. Like I would say, as particularly in recent years, I've had more anxiety than I have genuine excitement yes, or like yes. genuine energy. And you know, in me, I'm a naturally energetic person. So actually, yeah. coming out of the anxiety side of it. I still have moments now, but it's less so than when I was, like, first on that journey Mm -hmm. of, oh, my goodness, am I happy or am I anxious? And it's so weird asking yourself if you're happy. But I had to because it was, like, you've got to learn the difference. And now I'm at a point of, like, well, no, I am happy because I don't have a reason to be anxious. Like, I've got so far that I can say that. And, like, that's really great. But 100% understand where you're coming from.
1: Cause like now when I feel sad, so you know, for an example, so um, someone I know, she'd already lost her mum, and she lost her dad this year too, um, and I, ra- I rang my dad because I knew we're from school all that, um, and I was I was heartbroken for her, um, and I felt really sad. I felt so sad, but I wasn't. I knew it wasn't gonna make me depressed, and I was gonna fall into a spiral. And I allowed myself to feel sad, like all I'm the sadness so of you. and then do you know what happens genuinely this is this is the difference between depression and sadness but you're genuinely with anything that you feel that sad about you get bored of yourself <laughs> feeling sad it's and then you the, move on
0: yeah the most healing moment you will ever hit is when you get sick of your own shit
1: oh it's like get over yourself <laughs> like but it's great like i love it like yeah, you. Know, so I sometimes when I feel sad now, I give myself the day to feel sad, and then I think, girl, you're gonna get up the next morning, and you're not gonna be sad anymore. Like you, you literally wallow so much that you can't wallow anymore, and then you just like pick yourself back up the ground. Yes.
0: You feel your feelings, and oh, then you move on to the next
1: one. Exactly. And it's revolutionary, isn't it? And if you if we never feel our feelings, and all we do is just build stuff up, and then that's like how we fall into crises because we never talk about our feelings, but you have to feel all of your feelings and then you're better. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We should just change this to a mental health podcast, but I'm not ready to go there yet. Um, We'll
0: get there. But no, so yeah, absolutely. that, that's exactly what it's been for the past couple of weeks. I, I And it is, it is really good as well when you've been unhealthy in that kind of area of life to look back on times like this and know that you've healthily dealt with it as well. So, like, yes. yeah, um, no, that's really great. Um. And then kind of moving on from that positive to my main highs of the week. Mm-hmm. So I've had some more really good outdoor time. Um, you all know <laughs> I love my outdoor time. Um. But, so... One of the things that me and one of my flatmates did is we bought rollerblades.
1: Oh, love it! <laughs> love it. Because
0: we just thought, Do you know what? Why not? Um, and like and little things like that. So we went, we went around um the park at the back of where we live, um, and it's just like it's a decent size, but it's got this um. Tarmac bit around the four the four edges, and it's got a little kids playground and stuff. And we went, we did five laps of it, and as we were going round, parents were turning round towards like, oh, you're doing so well. Like on my last lap, I went past the kids playground, and there was this dad who'd been watching his children, and he just turned round over the fence and was like, oh, you've gotten so much better. And I was like, <laughs> I love that. Oh my goodness. That's so cute. Um, so obviously I'm gonna take them back to Liverpool when I get to go for my birthday, and oh, then my yeah. actual dad can tell me that I've got you much got, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, oh. when you listen to this, dad, I need all of the yes, well done, child. Um, <laughs> when I see you in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just been really lovely actually, and like I've had some really nice bike rides out and things like that, and it's just that honestly I am so easy to please like as much as I appreciate having a comfy home and like being able to work and whatever and like chill and watch a film what genuinely does make me happy is being able to get out in the world and like see stuff and just relax in nature and things like that and have a laugh so yeah I've really been able to do that the past few weekends so it's I been love good you.
1: And I love that you're getting to go home for your birthday as well. Like that makes me happy. I'm so happy for you that you get to go home and like, yay! Wait, is your is your birthday the day after? The day after you can travel, like yes. for holidays. That is so good.
0: I know there is a God. I've been telling people. <laughs>
1: i've <laughs>
0: been telling so, people um, <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my goodness no sorry do you know my there is a god story from when i had one of my bike rides recently oh yeah so i went out um and oh like i was cycling and on the road in 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 around like southwest london where i live and um the roads are quite good around here, Like across London to be fair, wherever I've been, there, there generally seems to be like bike paths and like vehicles all kind of recognise it and I've only been beeped at once, but I've definitely done stuff that could have been beeped at a few times. <laughs> so I feel like people are patient, it's really nice. Um but I it was really windy. So it was okay for the most bit, but obviously like if you're on a bike in particular, You can't really do much about it. Like, there is no point me trying to fight the wind. Like, I just, you can't, you just take it slowly and, you know, it's all good. But there was this one bit where I, like, I couldn't hear, like, I I had a headphone in or something. And I was just cycling along. And, oh, there was, like, no cars. Well, from what I could hear and, like, see in my peripheral vision, there was no cars or anything around. And this big gust of wind came and had a bit of a wobble. And I was like... Like, you know, looks around there. Oh, okay, it's fine. Nothing was there. There is a God. Like, I'm cool. I'm alive. Thank you. Couldn't have helped it if anything had happened. It was literally just the wind. But four seconds later double decker bus comes right oh past gosh. me and i was like no actually jesus is real because <laughs> like it was just because it was one of those moments it wasn't like i was on my bike and doing anything wrong or like in the wrong bit of the road da, 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 da. like it literally was just there was this gust of wind and i very nearly came off and i would have been under a bus so praise be. Woohoo!
1: good times good times you live to do you live to record another podcast? That's the aim. <laughs> That's the aim.
0: Exactly. Go on, tell me about the past couple of weeks for you, your high and your low.
1: Um <laughs> Do you ever just feel like at the moment like every every like week just feels the same? So I feel like I don't have that much to talk about. Um I suppose for my my low is like I'm just really over social media. But, like, I've got, like, a bit of a love-hate, not love-hate relationship, but, like, a a necessity-hate relationship with it. Yeah. I'm in like the it. sense of, like, you know, when I was, like, in sixth form and then, like, maybe, like, 2014, 2015, sometimes I would post on my, like, Instagram feed, like, three times a day. And that was normal. And, you know, people would post yeah. your coffee and then, you know, a daisy in the park and then you know, what, what, whatever, and it wouldn't be, like, it wouldn't be serious, and it wouldn't be, it'd just be, like, unfiltered, I mean, obviously, the, the photos were, were filtered, like, with, you know, the Instagram th- things, but it yeah. was, like, your unfiltered life, and you didn't think too much about it, and it wasn't really a big deal, or anything like that. Whereas now I feel like I, I think about everything that I post like too much and then I never post and then I don't know what to post and then I'm like, blah. And then every time you post on your story, you can see how many people have viewed it. You know, just yeah. all of that. And it's, it's all serious. And like, I don't know. and But and I, part of me is like, I just want to come off social media altogether. But then the other part of me is like, but I want to like... I want to help people and I want to communicate with people and you know and also see things that people that I like are posting and interact with them yeah. and I want to get all that and it's like where do you find the balance between feeling like you can share what you want to share that benefits others by and then at the same time not become too consumed with it and overthinking it and like like sometimes if I post twice on my story in one day I'm like that's too many posts people are bored of me like go away. Do you know what I mean? That's but like... So I, but I watch your stories like all day, Laura. On Laura, meet World 1-3 if anyone's interested. And I'm like, oh, I love this. It's like little updates all the time. Like, you know, when I'm on my dinner, I'm like scrolling through. So yeah. I love that. I just don't apply that to myself. So I'm having a bit of like a love-hate. Do I just come off social media altogether? I don't, I don't know. But that's me low. I'm just... Uh, yeah, that, that's how I'm feeling.
0: <clears throat> no, I completely understand it. And I do have a proper comment... But not to cheapen it, but I've just got to tell you this because it's funny. Because it's true, right? Okay. So, you know what you're talking about? Like, you can post on your story and then, like, see who's seen it. Yeah. So, I saw this thing. It's not a meme, but you know, where it's a piece of text and a image and that goes round. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So, I saw that and it was like, um, the. Posting a story for someone specific to see it is the twenty first century <laughs> version yeah, yeah. of a Jay Gatsby putting the green light on for. Um, oh yeah. What's her face?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what's she called? I've totally forgotten. Mister Brain would not be very happy with us, Laura.
0: No, he's so disappointed. But yeah, lol. True in it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it's all. It's also like when you were like twelve, and you like the person that you fancied, like. They hadn't popped up to you on MSN yet, so you like <laughs> you sign in and sign out, or you block them and then unblock them. So it's like Jess is now online, and then you hope that they pop up a message. Yeah, they were the good old days, them MSN pings, like the oh, like the thrill of, of the MSN ping, yeah. and it was that person that you wanted to pop up to. Yeah, oh, your life was made there. Yeah. Your life was made. Daisy. Daisy, yes, Daisy, Daisy yeah.
0: But no, I I completely understand what you're saying about social. So, like, for me, I've got my, like, travel Instagram, which is how, like, you know, I got the opportunity to start my travel franchise. It's how I got the opportunity. I've got, like, you know, it's probably about six or seven or eight people on there that I talk to every week. And it's mostly about, like, you know, if they're from a different country, then I'll learn about that country or something. Or, you know, just particularly stuff like lockdown as well. Like, oh, what does lockdown look like for you? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Which I absolutely adore because that's the whole reason I made that page. Was like, I want to talk about things that I miss and I want to engage with the rest of the world in a way that I, that doesn't, obviously doesn't, is never going to replicate being able to go and visit it, but kind of like, fills in that gap a bit because I was really feeling it during lockdowns, all very understandable, all very lovely. But it is a thing of like, particularly when you start growing a bit of a following and stuff like that and you're like, oh my goodness. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I get really, there's like 2,000 of you here. Why have I only got like 12 likes? But then to me, it's that whole recognising the feeling side of it. I do just look at it and go, yeah, but Laura, what does it actually matter? Like, Ultimately, That's out such of, of a point. out of that page, I get what I want. Like I got the connections. I get like a place to just kind of dump. And do you know what I think? Ultimately, it's called social media because it is a place to be social. Like the only reason I still have Facebook is because I've got so many family members and friends on there. Yeah. And like given and you that wouldn't
1: I... see it, would you? You wouldn't.
0: Exactly. Like given that you know my mum's family are all around Durham. Most of my dad's family are in Northern Ireland. I was born and raised in Liverpool. So, like you, I've got other people like Jess, <laughs> you know, in Liverpool that Is I There's only one,
1: Jess. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm
0: joking. <laughs> but, like, I love and I want to be in touch with. I lived in Birmingham and, like, across the Midlands for uni for seven years that I want to keep in touch with. you, know, you and there for I'm seven years, like, Laura? I'm getting on,
1: you know, man. Wow, that is a long time.
0: Yeah, well, I moved to... So, I moved to Kiel, September 2017, and then left Birmingham, October 2020. No, what I say? September 2013.
1: I said 13, didn't I? No, you said 17, but I just, just said, wow. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what you meant though. I knew what you yeah, meant cuz you know I knew what, I mean. what year we, I knew what year we both went to uni so I knew you meant 7 years but I was just like mm, yeah <laughs> 3 years 7 years what's the difference?
0: Um yeah. So like it is it is I think you're right there's there's a necessity to it but I think you've just got to the way you find the balance is working out what you want out of it. So I want to keep in touch with my people who happen to be all around the country and I've got like friends around the world like from study abroad and my masters who were like off in america and all that kind of fun stuff and i've got a really great friend in japan and you know what the way that we can talk to each other and see what each other's up to in the simplest way is you facebook and instagram and that's why they exist and then twitter is just incredible because you've got elon musk alongside you know jeremy corbyn and if anything has ever made me happier other than seeing from those two and how they're thinking every single day I I just don't
1: think I, anything has made me happier to be honest. Yeah, I love Twitter for the Line of Duty tweet. Have you have you watched Line of Duty?
0: Oh, I saw the first two seasons and then decided was isn't one anymore.
1: Oh Laura, but yeah, like like Line of Duty is great, but Line of Duty Twitter after the show <laughs> is like I'm here for it. It's incredible. I love it. But yeah, that yeah, I, that's such a good point. But you know, we just feel a bit overwhelmed by it all yeah. and then you need 100%. to breathe.
0: No, it's, it's perfectly normal. I just think it's it's if you can ever genuinely just think of yourself, social media is a place to do it, to be honest, because it's it is it's actually all about you. Like, you have a profile that is about you. I
1: know, so. and I, why would people follow me if they didn't want to know what I was saying?
0: Exactly, and if they follow you because they want to be nasty to you, yeah, then you tell me about it, I'll tell them off, and then we'll block them.
1: But what's that thing? If you don't like me and you still follow, you still watch everything I do, it's like, bitch, you a fan. (laughs) (laughs) So Martin's ex-wife, her mum, watches my Instagram story. Is that not freaky or what? Wow. I I shall tell you about what tell you about me, hi. So,
0: go on, tell us about your high then.
1: So, my high is, I think I said on the last podcast, you know, when I wanted to be a dog, I said I'd close (laughs) my rings every day. So far, it was 10 days into March. And I can report on the 31st of March that I've closed my rings every day this month. I'm not going to lie, I did have the vaccine yesterday. So, I did change my ring goals yesterday because I couldn't couldn't go off for a walk. I felt awful. But aside from that, I've done like burn seven hundred calories every day, done thirty minutes of exercise, um, all of that feeling good for it, and getting up at five fifty five now to do stretches in the morning, doing cardio, not cardio, you're having a laugh, mate. Doing core and strength every morning before Yay. work. So oh, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm just feeling like good and active, and I'm enjoying it. And like you said about being outside. I'm just enjoying that. Like, it's not about losing weight. It's not about that at all. It's just about feeling good.
0: Being your best self. Yeah.
1: So I've been really enjoying that this month. So I've completed the whole month. I sort of, do you know what I mean? Where you go, right, this is what I'm doing. And it's not like it's an option. It's just like something that you've changed your brain to be doing. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to do this every day this month. And I've done it. Because yeah. it was like, there was no choice in it. I just, That's your life. that was how things were going. And, it, and it worked, it's worked really well, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, well done. Thanks, thanks. I feel like we've had a really long intro, but I'm kind of here for it. Like, why not? We've been gone a while. We need a chat. Exactly, and also, why would people listen if they didn't want to hear from us? They are fan! <laughs> they are fan, yeah. <laughs> we start a fan club, guys, 9 99 a day for exclusive content. <laughs> Me posting on Instagram once a month for you. <laughs> And they're like, pooing myself afterwards. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the to the next part of the podcast. So, Laura, like, tell me, cause we need to rank it. That was so scouse. Um, <laughs> what are you putting in the shredder this week? <laughs> I can't
0: so wait scouse. to come home. So, <laughs> I'm gonna put in the shredder. Do you know just a lack of clarity and I think I'm really feeling this particularly working from home it's starting to set in massively like if you're in an office with someone you just walk over you can look into the whites of their eyes and be like what are we doing <laughs> whereas there's just I get so overwhelmed by like phone calls and emails and messages and you just it's just so confusing sometimes and like we've ha- I've had you get little bits of it whenever but I'm fine and there's just more and more of them at the moment and I am attributing it, attributing it to the work from home with a bit of the remote work and fatigue involved too because it is it is it's just like oh we're we doing this or oh, I and then you'll go through it and then you'll get to a meeting and it's like oh no this is happening instead or like I'll make a decision and I think it's really clear and then someone comes back and goes oh I don't know what that is though and I'm like well I know I said it and it's just effort
1: yeah yeah it's like no one's clear with what they're trying to say so then you 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 feel like how many questions can i ask on this topic or like what's the oh yeah
0: yeah Or that thing like because i will i'll always do it in an email if i'm explaining something or if i'm on a call i will say like does that make sense i will to say
1: that
0: and you know and i genuinely mean it as a not that i don't think you can get it but just to make sure I've explained it properly. Yes, like I, exactly. I, my point is I want there to be understanding so we can work on this effectively as opposed yes. to, like, give me, you know, whatever. As opposed to, I think you're an idiot and you didn't understand my English. Like, it's not that. It's definitely the former. So I think it is just, like, you just expect people to say if they do or they don't. And I think at the moment, I'm just finding, like, you'll say yes and then... The next day, it's a different day, and suddenly the yes is a no, but no one has said that it's a no, so then you're all just like, nee!
1: Yeah, oh, I totally get that. Like, I don't have much to say about it, but I definitely feel, I definitely experience that all the time.
0: I appreciate the empathy, even if we don't have a solution.
1: Yeah, we don't have, just put it in the shredder, girl. Just put it's it in, the, in shredder. the shredder. It'll never happen again, now it's been in the shredder. <laughs> That's it. That's Go
0: on, it. what are you shredding?
1: I'm shredding stupid words and phrases because i just can't be arsed with them so where i work right i've worked in like i don't know four or five different corporate workplaces maybe and this is where i work now and people who i work with will be listening to this so you know take what you will from it <laughs> um before i've worked anyway you know you got to do a presentation to someone yeah what you call it laura a presentation what you call a presentation to a presentation exactly right they call it a dick oh yeah or a pack yeah. it's just a presentation like <laughs> why are we making things more complicated than they need to be and it's like them stupid like obviously over the past year as well how many times have we all typed WFH you know or things yeah. like working from it you know if you don't know um. Just stuff like that. Like, I'm just over it. Like, we make things more complicated than they need to be. And I don't know whether that's to sound better to other people, to make ourselves appear cleverer, or, you know, anything like that. But just call, what's the phrase? Call a spade a spade. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not doing a deck or a pack. It's just a Microsoft PowerPoint. And then I click presentation mode. That's all it needs to be. I'm just I'm just bored of that word. Like <laughs> it's just presentation. Put yeah. your decks and your packs in the shredder. Get on Microsoft PowerPoint and call it for what it is. That that's all I've got to say on the matter really. Short and sweet this week. This
0: week. <laughs> no, I completely get it though. Like I don't know if you find this. So for me in marketing or as the marketing person for my area, it's messaging. Cause I feel like I know what I mean when I say messaging, but then other people uh, right, mean yes. something else, and it's like I'm I'm learning what everybody means when they say it, just so I can get to the point quicker in my head and be like, right, yeah. when they're saying this, they're talking about this, but it's taken some time.
1: I've got another marketing specific example which really flew me through me the first few years working in marketing, the word content. Oh yeah. Because content to me. Is like the content that you would see on a page. So like let's say the words, the images, like mm-hmm. all of that. That to me is like the content on the page or what or whatever. But content in any experience I've had is the team that builds the stuff onto the website. And I'm like, mommy, but you're not content though, are you? You're like web web design or whatever. You're not, you know, you're not like chatting me some nice lines of copy. <laughs> you know the copy team should be the content i don't do you get what i mean I oh, get yeah, exactly
0: mean.
1: very frustrating anyway
0: do you know what a funny one though that i had last summer and we'll finish well yeah <clears And throat> then, we'll, then we'll do our article discussion um but i uh, it was when we were starting to do partner marketing and like we were looking at different types of funding so our vendor manager sent over a table and it was basically like here is um the name of the vendor here is the type of funding that it is and it would be like three like abbreviations of stuff and then like here's the amount that you'll get and blah, blah, blah. and i was like right okay looked at it and then he said okay so what can we do with this and i went back and i was like Look, I'm new to this. I haven't done partner marketing before. I don't know what this means. I'm go- I'd am rather just say I haven't got a clue and we can literally yeah. go from, you know, the very beginning and then work it through rather than me trying to fake that I can jump into the middle of this and know what I'm at. And he was like, oh, no, don't worry. Like, because he was quite new to the role and stuff too. And he's like, well, I'm still new to this. Like, don't worry about it. We can just work through it together. Da, 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 da. And I was like, no, 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 no. When I say... I am brand new to this and I don't understand. You've got MDF as a type of funding in there, and I think MDF is a type of wood. Yeah, like, from
1: changing rooms. That's what they always used to get a bit of MDF. Handy, handy. Yeah. Freaking
0: loved his MDF. So it turns out it means marketing designated funds, which absolutely makes sense.
1: It does, but who made that up? Oh. <laughs> uh.
0: So, yeah. That one time where wording was so confusing, I was talking about words when I should have been talking about money.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it's things like that, isn't it? Like, it's just about, oh, I'm going to lead this in nicely, Laura. I'm going to do you. It's just about, at the end of the day making it clear and transparent to everyone so that regardless of everyone's status or job title or role or who they are as a person, we can all equally benefit and do our jobs which Take leads us in to our thank you thanks guys thanks which leads us into sort of our, our discussion for the week which is totally a back and forth between me and Laura because we're not trying to be experts we don't really know. But it's how do we get to a culture that is safe and inclusive for everyone? And I feel like this has come off the back of loads of different things, you know, things we've seen in the media. There's so many different angles here. So we're not trying to sort of, you know, not gonna list all the different angles because there's so many. Yeah. Um but it's how do we how do we get into a culture that is safe and inclusive? Any thoughts, Laura?
0: It's so sort of- we get there with a lot of difficulty to be honest like straight up I'm not gonna say you know as you've just said like we're not here to preach or anything like that I just think it's a really worthy conversation to have with anyone ever so like why wouldn't you and I have this conversation um I think for me I have a couple of like Stances on it, as it were, and a lot of it is related to like my core values and also yeah. just things that I'm interested in. So, for example, when it comes like, <clears throat> I like I love my history, like history of people. You know the psychology elements, like the psychology sides of it, the political sides of it, the social economic side of it. Like I, I'm genuinely just fascinated by life. To be honest with you, like I Me love. Too. Like, and, it, and I love how long it has gone before us and all those sorts of things yeah. as well. Like, you know, I always have to say probably one of my favourite museums is the Vatican. And it's not necessarily just because of my faith, but it's just that thing if you can go somewhere and see all these different things that are there to commemorate stuff that happened thousands of years ago. And I freaking love it, like... My mum is, is, is into her classics, so we spent, and my dad's into his history, so we spent loads of, like, holidays and stuff going around Greece to, like, the ancient, you know, ruins and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I just have a massive appreciation for it. And I think from all those interests and, like, learnings, my biggest take on the world right now is that, actually, we need to recognise that this... I don't want to call it wokeness because I, I don't really like that term. But I, I, I get where it's coming from in terms of like we are now awake to all these different types of people and we just need to chill out about it and be good with it and be okay with it because the song should not hurt anyone, it shouldn't really matter. But in terms of us being awake, no. that's because we were asleep. And if you look at how long we were asleep, It was hundreds of thousands of years, and if you're gonna be asleep for that long, you're not gonna wake up in fifty years. I want us to. I really, really. Of course, that's what I want. But you've got to be realistic about it in terms of can that actually happen? And like, absolutely, you can go back. Like for example, ancient Rome. You've got was it Nero, and he was like, oh,
1: yeah, he was a mad one.
0: Like. He was, like, he was all, you know, like, he would, oh, he'd have sex with anything. He, like, so his missus died and he was so upset about it because obviously, you know, this is a romantic man, not an absolutely... He superhero. was, he was a mad
1: one, but him, Cafe Nero. then,
0: like, got his favourite slave boy. Um, and basically turn. I'm not going to get too graphic because, like, I don't know who's listening to this and I don't want to upset people too much, but, like, he basically turned him into his missus because he missed her so much that he needed a replication of her, right? So you've had all these, like... But do you know what I mean? You've had, also- you've had stuff forever within humanity of, like, people just doing things to each other and, like, not being very kind to each other and, like, you know, also having varying levels of like morality and opinion and all that kind of stuff but i genuinely do think that like because you've had that for so long you just can't expect things to happen overnight like it should be the simplest thing in the world to be able to turn around to someone and go please don't hurt me please don't hurt anyone else but it's just not how it is it's like even now you know where you have stuff in like the corporate world in particular they've started doing it like a gender pay gap for example so you know you'll have your gender pay gap report and fair enough but what you've got to look at when you do that and what interests me more and I don't want to speak for other women my age so Jess please if you disagree with this do say because you know we are peers but like if somebody is an older woman and she's on less than like a male counterpart it's bad it is But I feel like it's one of those things where because of fairly recently, you know, women were taking the time out to look after the kids. Women just did not have jobs full stop was such a massive thing. That's going to take time to eke out of like the corporate life cycle. So really what your focus needs to be on is actually the younger generations. So if somebody's got my job, he and I should get paid the same. If we're doing the same thing, we should get the same wage. That's not to say that, like, an older woman is less deserving. It's just that I understand the discrepancy there more because of the timings of it as opposed to understanding a discrepancy now. Because as far as I'm concerned, we're in 2021. Or, you know, we started our careers in, like... The late 20 teens, anything really after 2000, you should have just got the fuck over it. Like, we should be getting paid the same, to be yes. honest. Or, like, the equalities um, payout, the equal payout, I think it was in the 80s or something. You know, for, you have significant points from which you can go. That's when it all should have changed. If it didn't, you're in trouble. But you've just got to have this understanding of like how long things actually take to happen. And again, I want to stress this, I'm not saying it's right and I'm not saying I'm happy about it. But if you don't have an understanding of how things come about and how systems actually work, you're never going to defeat them and you're never going to better them.
1: That's such a good point because, yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying, the example of the gender pay gap, because there's stuff in our lifetime now that we're not going to be the ones to see it through and to see it an equal society in whatever way that works because we're just not that far in advance so when we're you know if we're lucky enough to make it to our 70s 80s whatever there'll be stuff that the generations below us will hopefully see equality in that we we just won't see equality in in, in this lifetime but yeah yeah if we don't start the change and recognize how long it will take we'll never get there will because if it takes 10 years Twenty years, whatever. If we don't start committing to it now and knowing it'll take that long and keeping on with the fight, then we're never gonna get anywhere with it, are we? But yeah, such a good point. I, I totally agree with. Totally agree with everything you've said there. Yeah,
0: no, I I think that's ex- like you've hit the nail on the head there as well. Like it's looking at your role in the process. So, for example, with the, with the Sarah Everard case, um, you know, so those who don't know she was a woman who was murdered on a while walking home she did all the right things she walked down a lit street wore bright colors she told her boyfriend she was on her way so he could wait for her and all those sorts of things and um yeah she she was killed um and you know it's disgusting like you shouldn't not go home you know i think yeah. like growing up in Liverpool. That was always something that they said. I I always remember being said about the Hillsborough victims is like it's you know, yeah. no one should go to a football match and not and go not home. home yeah. And like and you know, it really brings it, it 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 really does affect you, I think, when you think of it in those terms. Like so Sarah Everard, that actually took place about not far from where I am now. Um, and I just remember like because, like, I'll go for a walk of, of an evening and stuff or in the morning before work. And I, like, I made it home. And it was weird, like, particularly in the immediate aftermath of that. It's, like, I'd get home and I'd be, like, I came home. And she never. And it was it it it, do- it throws you completely. But I went to, on that Saturday, um where there was the vigil. And I know there's yeah. been a lot about this on the news. So I actually went to that um, and I got there about like quarter past, half past five um, <clears throat> and laid some flowers down. And now to be clear, I am saying everything purely as what I saw, what I experienced. I am a woman. I don't want to be killed. I've had men be inappropriate. I've also been a special constable and have a couple of degrees <clears throat> related to, like, policing and stuff like that. So I feel like I have a relative understanding of all areas to hopefully give the most balanced view possible. Yeah. Um, Now, I was there and um, one of my flatmates, he came with me. And Literally, like, just put some flowers down and everyone um was then stood around the bandstand in Clapham Common. Um, And there was a few police officers there and they mostly just came around and were like, keep your two metres distance, put your mask on. We are in the middle of a pandemic, let's, you know, don't forget that kind of thing. And that was, that was, you know, fine. All very respectful. Um, There was one moment where a man got up on the bandstand and started shouting and like calling the police all sorts and saying it was their fault and all this kind of stuff that, you know, Sarah had been killed and actually, a load of women around him just started chanting, not your place. Because, um, like, it's it's not. Like, it was great yeah. to have, like... You know, men were absolutely... You know, they, they, this is a community... It's a human problem. Yes. That yeah. people get hurt. It absolutely is. But it's not for a man to be put in words about a woman's protection and that kind of thing, really. Like, so... I, and you know and when the police took him away everyone was cheering and i was like okay cool like that's the vibe we've got going on here then yeah. sort of thing um and then it got to 6 o'clock and the the local councillor who her name escapes me unfortunately but she she's done the bandstand and she was like i um you know i just want to say this is awful like it's not something that we want in our area like absolutely terrible um, you know, this is bad and understand why you're here. And then she was like, but now, you know, she did a minute silence. And then at the end of the silence, she was like, we've paid our respects. I've now got to ask you to leave. So what happened there was was there was a... Basically, there was, like, a ban... When you're doing a protest or any kinds of public gathering like that, you go to the police, and the police ultimately take their instruction from the Home Office. So, basically, pretty Mattel, the Home Secretary, and Cressida Dick, who's Commissioner of the Met Police, are sort of jointly culpable for whatever decision gets made about whether or not a protest or a march or anything or a public gathering can take place, right? They decided amongst themselves it couldn't take place. That's why that um, councillor had to say that. And then, obviously, so we started to leave at that point because we were like, well, we're not supposed to be here. And then other women came around. And it, do you know what? It just felt like two different events. It went from a vigil to then people being angry and, like, having a different moment. And that's when, like, placards that started coming out that say "A ACAB on them and all that kind of stuff. And, like calling the police murderers and all this sort of thing and we we just left at that point and I saw the rest of it on the news so I don't really I don't want to say I know what happened after that because I wasn't there but it what really struck me about that whole thing was was it just it felt like and the reaction to it afterwards as well where people were like oh it was just women with flowers like no it changed into a different event and to be honest I think it changed into an event that nobody was really prepared for. So, and I keep using this example of when I've talked about it. But do you know Jane Fonda, the American yeah. actress? She's like yeah.
1: seventies now or something. She's like eighty. I
0: think she's incredible. She's amazing, but she is.
1: I'm gonna Google her age. Sorry, you keep talking, but I'm gonna Google her age because I don't want to like put ten years on it if she's not eighty. <laughs> I'd love that well, you're worried
0: about Jane Fonda hearing this and then being like,
1: Oh Girl, here. she's she's a fan. She's a fan.
0: <laughs> but she's like a professional protester in the She's 80s. If you look back over like, you know, civil rights movements in the 60s and all that kind of stuff, like she and like, Black Lives Matter and all that, she's very much there at the front of them and she uses her status as a very good platform, I think, because she goes to those and she goes. I'll probably get arrested. Now, to be fair, she's a famous white woman. She checks that privilege. Like, she knows that she'll be okay. She's got the money to pay the bail. And if she does ever end up in court, she's got the money to have the best social lawyers in the land yes. use that platform to make all the right statements. So, like, she... I think she, when she goes into a process, like, she knows what's going to happen and she's got that organisation behind her so yeah. she can back herself and do it in the best way possible. Albeit she is you know breaking the law or whatever but she then uses that to to share a message almost like it, it's just the way that she kind of you know comments on situations and what have you and for me i don't think that mindset was um was in anybody who was a part of that saturday For Sarah Everard. And I think if you're going to be having protests and you're going to be like trying to have social movements and like grassroots movements to make things better, you've got to have that mindset. Like at the end of the day, the police told, as much as I, you know, have whatever opinions of Pretty Patel and Cressida Dick, that's irrelevant. They told you no and you did it anyway. And it just seemed to me that not being prepared and understanding of the consequences of that. It wasn't an organised movement. It was just really hurt women. Because it was a hurtful incident. Like it
1: was. Oh, yeah, it
0: was awful. It was awful. So I think slightly along winds the way of putting it essentially, so apologies for that.
1: But like everyone's a fan, Laura, don't worry. Everyone's
0: <laughs> a fan. <laughs> I just it's something I feel like particularly passionate about. Um, and it means a lot to me as a thing that we need to change. But I do I do just think like if you it's like you were saying you need to know what your role is in the movement so you had the suffragettes who were chucking axes and chaining themselves to railings maybe we don't have to do that anymore but we certainly just can't sit there anymore yet either and that's that's what you've got to recognize like you know we fought for it like very very physically and now you know thankfully we're in a place where like things are becoming more equal and more representative when you look at like boards of companies and when you look at governments and things like that you've got better representation of different races of a country you know different genders and those sorts of things and that's all fantastic which means we can probably do things more officially like You know, you can officiate your cause better, which is great. So we have definitely moved forwards, But no, we're not at a place yet where we can just go, and now we fixed it. Please, you know, anyone who goes against that, I don't understand you. You're the worst thing ever. Where has this come from? Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. It's still actually come from somewhere that's quite recent, unfortunately. Like, you know, all that stuff with, like, Prince Andrew and all that, it's absolutely vile and disgusting that he went near teenagers. But do you know what? We're a lot closer in time to men being allowed to do that legally than we are in amongst the time of that being illegal. Like, there is shocking. Oh, that's so much shocking,
1: isn't it? When you say it like that, Laura, it's shocking. But it's true. I know. Like, uh, you know, like, rape was still legal in, in a marriage until the 90s. Like, what is that it, about? It's vile. Like, that.
0: that's absolutely the thing. And, uh,. You know, we could absolutely descend this into you know critiquing the fragile ego of the minority. Oh, yeah, which very genuinely is white men. I'm really sorry. I love white men, but like that's truth. Um, <laughs> I've got nothing against the white men that I know, but unfortunately, yeah,
1: the ones that we don't, we don't like. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's always strange ones. Yeah. Um, but no, that is, unfortunately, it generally is like when somebody is a minority of a place, they'll. Quite literally take their guns and become dominant over it. And I, I, I look at that and I just go, Well, your ego's tiny, innit?
1: And you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said ego. My mum's yeah. going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've given up swearing for Lent, haven't I? So, yeah. It's <laughs> Easter yeah. Sunday. It's to Sunday soon, though, innit? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think, I think for me, it's just about. Like like we've discussed, like doing what you can where you can, like them little them little actions, like calling people out. Which it which is tricky. Like yeah. one thing I I struggle with sort of is like I, I try to call it out as much as possible. Like um you know, people say all the time, like, Oh, I'm so O C D about cleaning or like, oh, if that doesn't happen, I'm gonna kill myself. And, like, I hear that all the time. Like, people use mental health conditions. Or, like, she's so psycho. Like, people use mental health conditions. It's just an example. I don't know if we've talked a lot about mental health, but it's just an example where people use language that isn't appropriate and isn't right. And it's up to us to call that out little by little, day by day, whatever that's about. You know, if people... You know what I find? People say, they say something, and they go, I've got a against them, like, but, but you know... And you just like, mm, you know, it's. We did not make it, that
0: point, India. Yeah. Like. No, it was
1: literally pointless. Like yeah. I literally, like um, got like so random, but we, we've got lots of trees in the back garden. We're getting them cut down, and I was telling the tree, I was like to the tree guy, we've got a dog. Is that okay? And he was like, Yeah, that's fine. He said, um, he said, but was saying that, I went to um, I went to this fella's house the other day. I'm not being racist, like, but he was Indian. And um, and he had a dog and the dog bit me, and I thought, why There's did no you? correlation there. What? Why? Like... Why did? Why did you need to say that? Like there was no like, g- cool. Like he's, he's got a dog. Like he's just a, just a person. So it's calling them out, isn't it? And feeling, yeah. it's it's hard sometimes. You have to sacrifice your own. I know all the time we should be sacrificing as people in whatever privilege we have in in this world, whatever, you know, whether that's looks, you know, status in society, money, whatever. We have to sacrifice our own pride to speak out for people that aren't able to speak out for themselves. 100%.
0: It's it's, being an ally, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it, but it's being, it's being comfortable with being uncomfortable and being wrong, even, and, you know. Yeah. I've not had an experience where I've called some I've called something out on behalf of someone else, and then that person's actually gone. Jess, what, what, what? Why are you doing that? You know, I'm not offended. You don't need to. You don't need to speak for me. I can speak for myself. Like no yeah. one's ever said that to me. But at the same time, I need to feel prepared and comfortable enough to at least try and try and speak out and challenge people, and you know, make them. One thing that comes up a lot a lot with the older generation, isn't it, is um, casual racism with the older generation. Yeah. And it's difficult because if you've got family in the 70s and 80s, how do you say, listen, that's not appropriate language. You shouldn't be saying that. And obviously, you know, I do try, but it's really difficult. To, it's yeah. really difficult. Like, because, yeah, it's just tough, isn't it? Or people say that's so gay and you're like why, why are we still saying that in 2021 do you know what i mean using gay as a negative term it's things like that like yeah. we just have to challenge everything and it's you know it's hard work at times but it's not as hard it'll never be as hard as the lived experiences of people that are marginalized so we have yeah. to take we have to take some of the shit on our shoulders that they're putting up with 24 7 and carry it for, for three minutes of the day to call someone out, don't we? It's not easy. I'm, and I'm not perfect as times, where I definitely could have said something. Yeah. And I've not said something because it's been uncomfortable. But we have to get, we have to get uncomfortable. We have to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Otherwise, everything that, you know, Mars society is going to stay that way forever, isn't no,
0: it? No, I, I do completely agree. I think it's just, it is just taking care of people. Um, but... And it is hard, but as you say, like, it's never going to be as hard for you to look after someone as it is for somebody to put up with being attacked. Like, it is awful. And I think, I think as well, it's all about reading the room. Like, I'll be quite honest. I'm incredibly good at cards against humanity. All right. I very often I'm like the winner top two of that game. If I was going to sit and watch stand up, I would choose Jack Day, Frankie Boyle. Joe Rogan, like, all of the people that say the bad things, right? Yeah. But I feel like it's almost a defence mechanism because it's it's that thing of, like, if you can make a joke about it, if you can laugh at it, you're showing how ridiculous it is. You know, like, in Harry Potter, with the um, with the boggart, so the thing that kills a boggart is laughter, and then the spell to cast it away is ridiculous, right? I'm getting a bit nerdy here, sorry.
1: Is that the one that screams when you take it out the pot?
0: No, that's the mandrake.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I've read <laughs> so all the Harry Potter, Potter it
0: books. Is, is the is the thing right? And basically, when it when it comes out, it kind of finds the witch or wizard like closest to it, and it'll turn into the thing that you're most afraid of.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember now. So, yeah,
0: yeah. And that's so you do the spell to get rid of it to do ridiculous, and it'll change or whatever. And then, the, but the thing that truly kills it is laughter. And for me, that's what, like, the, the dark humour side of it is. And I know I get to say this from a privileged position. Like, you know, if you're somebody who's been genuinely affected by it and you never, ever want to hear a joke about it, okay, that's fine. Like, I apologise. But it, it's just, you don't find things funny when they're a good idea, if that makes sense. Like if you're laughing at something, there's a stupidity to it. So I feel like sometimes just, I quite like to listen to people who will push the boat out in terms of comedy and stuff like that, because it just makes me feel like, the way that they phrase things, like Frankie Boyle was particularly good at this on Mock the Week, but because that was like, um, it was a current event show, so they would talk about news articles and stuff like that. And when you hear like their takes on what genuine sort of, People in the media or like politicians and that yeah. have said that week, and you just find yourself sitting there laughing. Like, have I got news for you? It's incredible for it, and you're laughing at them, and it just makes you realise how stupid being nasty about other people is. Like, you know, like I can't think of a joke right now, like of theirs. But it just you hear these salty comments in response to what somebody said in a serious manner, and you're just like, how could you ever have said that seriously? Like, yeah. that is stupid.
1: Well, I actually... So funny, I just listened to Frankie Boyle on Louis Theroux's podcast before. Have you listened to it? No, but I'm going to. It's quite serious, like. Yeah. It's interesting, though.
0: He's, a, he's an intelligent man. Like, you, I don't think you can, be, you, can, you can be clever if you're not intelligent. I mean, you can be funny if you're not intelligent.
1: He sounds very clever. I mean, I was put off about him when I was literally, like, probably, like, 12, 13. Because he made that joke, didn't he, about Katie Price's son, Harvey.
0: Yeah.
1: And i think i've like i don't know like i switch off at some things and i'm like no you know like that's my limit that that's but i thought but as i get older you think but it's so important to challenge your own opinions of people isn't it and like your stereotypes and stuff anyway it was good it's on it's on the bbc sounds app i will take a look oh you need to listen to miriam margulies as well she's on it she is so funny she's amazing like she's like yeah she's so funny
0: question for you this week Jessica
1: oh I hate don't call me that (laughs) (laughs) what do you
0: want your new normal to look like
1: so is this sort of in a world post pandemic when you know there's no masks and all of that yeah from a work point of view and I think this is a broader topic and something that I think we touched on maybe not the one the podcast just gone but the one before um it's like I really just want, like, flexibility. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. shown, we've worked from home for a whole year. now. I mean, when I say flexibility for me, I mean, I want it for everyone. Like, I want to be able to say, I've completed all the work I need to do today. It's 2 o'clock. Oh, well, my friend, she's finished. So we're going to go for a coffee. Yeah. And we're going to catch up. And, you know, we're not going to sit at our desk till 5 o'clock. Because we've, we've done everything we need to get done. Or, you know... Well, actually, oh, my husband's away this weekend, so do you know what? I'll just log on, and he'll do all my work Saturday, Sunday, because I've got nothing else to do anyway. I'm not seeing anyone. And then on Monday, when he's home, I'll spend Monday with them together. Like, I just love that. I love that idea yeah. of flexibility, and I love, you know, I'm the issue with me is, right, I am a goody two-shoes, right? And I have a very strong sense of morality and fairness, and it runs through my core, To maybe to my detriment sometimes. So I get like a forty-five minute lunch break. Do I always only take forty-five minutes? Yes, of course. If I come back to my desk and I've been like, oh, I went for a walk, like like last week, and I met a friend, right? And I didn't get back until fifty minutes later. Four minutes later, Laura. I mean, we've been working from home for a year. But I felt like I felt really bad. Like it's just who I am. Like I I'm such a. I think this is why I've struggled with COVID and seeing what other people have done because in my, in my like core personality, I stick to the rules. Like it's just who I am. So like, I just love a bit more flexibility because, you know, I, I know that like where I work now, it is flexible in the sense of like, you know, you need to take a bit of time for yourself. No problem. That's fine. But if I walked up the road to get a coffee for 10 minutes, I'd be like, I've, I've gone out for 10 minutes. <laughs> like. So I, I just love to live in a world where we could all, I know that this is totally dependent, obviously, on, you know, not everyone is committed to the job and wants to do the work. and You know, you're always going to get slackers, aren't you? People that don't yeah. really care. So you can't necessarily apply this treatment to everyone on a broader scale. But I just love to be able to be more flexible with how, i i can work and how we can all work to all have greater work-life balance does that make sense
0: completely and i'm so on board with that video yeah
1: and maybe like we just talked about that's not something that we'll see in our lifetime you know that fully inclusive you know culture maybe it's not something we'll see but it's something that we can aim towards isn't it and hope for the generations below us that they can have that um on a personal level I really want to, like the new normal, you know, when we can go out, I'm really going say, to say, I'm really going to say, I'm really going to try to say no more, or at least commit to less, because this sounds bad, and you know, if we're friends, I don't mean anything against anyone, but what I've discovered is that well, I, I suppose I already knew this, but I'm such a people pleaser. And I say yes to everything and you know what there's some things in life that I don't want to do, but you ask me like Laura right say you're saying oh you know pretend pretend you know we're in normal terms when you come back up to Liverpool mm-hmm. you say jess there's a there's a film I want to go see it's a horror film everyone's gonna be slashed to death it's on a midnight on a Tuesday <laughs> do you want to come, Jess? Yeah, sure. No, I bloody don't. <laughs> I bloody don't. But I'm such a people pleaser that I'll say, yeah, Lauren, of course. And we get popcorn and da, 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 da. no, I don't want to. So I'm really gonna try and say no. Because really, when you say yes oh, here we go. This is why it's wisdom here. When you say yes to everyone else, you say a no to yourself. It means exactly. that like I've enjoyed evenings where... You know, I get, you know, I get home. I mean, I'm, I'm always home. But, you know, you finish work and I'm like, do you know what? I'm going to go and get a bath and then I'm going to read the magazine. And then, you know, yeah. I'm going to work on something for myself or I'm going to do this podcast or, you know, I'm going to do these other things. I'm going to finally read that book. And it's like you've got to prioritise yourself. And it's not that I don't want to see friends or family. It's not that. But ultimately, like, you can't have everything at the, at the same time, I don't think. You know, you can't have a thriving social life and read five, five, ten books a week and work full time and, you know, look after a house. You can't have all them you can't have all them different factors unless you've got, you know, help in certain areas to enable that. But if you're doing it by yourself, the chances are you can't have all them things spinning at the same time. So yeah, I'm just gonna try and like put myself first a bit and just be like, you know, someone says Oh, Jess, let's go out for food. Instead of saying, looking at me diary and going, "Well, I'm free on Wednesday," I think, "Well, I'm free. I'm three three weeks on Thursday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm prioritizing myself. That's what I really want to try and do. And it's so hard because I really struggle to say no to people. But I, I spread myself too thin, and then I leave nothing for myself. And ultimately, you can't pour from an empty cup. So why would they give five people twenty percent of me? know what i mean
0: well done for recognizing that and like getting confident in yourself to do something about it because that's a massive step like that's just huge no well done
1: well i mean we're not out of lockdown yet so it remains to be seen it's the reality but i'm hope i'm hopeful for it
0: yeah but like you're thinking about it and stuff aren't you and like and you've recognized it like that's the biggest thing so no it's a really good start and you're absolutely right like at the end of the day, no matter what, and you can go on about how everyone's got the same 24 hours in the, in the day as oh, Beyonce and all that I shit. Hate so that quote. But 100% is finite. You can only give 100%. That is it. So, you know, if as you say, why would you split that into five and give 20 to five different people? Like, you, it just doesn't make sense. If you don't look after yourself, you'll not look after anyone else. Well,
1: you're just not. Exactly. Exactly, because you're already giving them other percentages to work or home or family or whatever they are. So there's only that little bit left for yourself anyway. So why am I going to see a slasher movie with you on a Tuesday night? Do you know what I mean? When I don't want to be there, want to be at home in bed.
0: I mean, literally. Like, I've got loads
1: of people to see slasher films with on a Tuesday night. I yeah. don't even need you. Why would I ask you? I don't like it. <laughs> i <50 laughs> <person. laughs> No, exactly. It's just having boundaries, isn't it? And feeling comfortable to say no yeah. like I had a conversation with um, I had a conversation with someone recently I'm not gonna like do details but like they got offered the chance not offered but they got asked to do something and they didn't wanna do it and it's like it's about feeling comfortable isn't it really to yeah. say that is not for me because yeah. I I would just say Yes, I'll go. And you know what i do? i go and I would hate every minute of it, but I will go anyway. Like, why would I do that? So that's like, yeah, I'm really not, hopefully not going to do that anymore. My question for you, Laura, again, I'm just genuinely like really like curious. Like I love learning new things. Um, so what is the general career path vibe? Of people in your family, like have you followed them in any way, or have you done something t- totally different to them, or like what, like what, what's the vibe, like where do you fit in in that, like, in the circle, in the tree, in the tree, yeah, in the family um,
0: tree. So this is this is actually super interesting. Well, I think it's super interesting <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's my family, but no, I, I quite like talking about it, and I actually get really proud of my parents when I talk about it. Um. So. Bit, little bit of background on on my farm. um so my dad is the second of nine children wow Irish in, family
1: yeah
0: yeah Northern yeah, yeah. Irish Catholic yeah, yeah. <laughs> grew yeah. up in in Derry in Northern Ireland um he was born in 1959 and then so was mum um but she was born in Sunderland so in the northeast of England Um, and so with them, like the places they grew up in and stuff, like they weren't, you know, massively affluent or anything. Um, I mean, not at all, to be fair. And, um, it was, they were both the first people in their families to ever go to university. So it was like a really, really big deal. Um, that they got to go. Um, and then, so yeah, mum. Mum went to yeah Mum went to uni, did her degree and then she did a PGCA. She might have gone into social services for a year before that and then did a PGCA. Um, and then yeah, she moved to Liverpool to do her first teaching job um and then while she so she used to teach classics but then I think like classics was kind of going on the down a bit in terms of how much it was being taught in schools so she ended up doing like another degree um to she could teach English um and then dad did so my granny his mom used to joke that he went to school when he was four and he never came home because he did, um, he did his degree. He did a bachelor's, then he did his masters um, at Queen's in Belfast, and then he did a PhD um, at the University of Liverpool in um, Irish politics, or like, like looking at this like social political state of Ireland, um, which was a very interesting topic at that time. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Yeah, he did that. Um, and he did that at Liverpool. So him and Mum both you know, like you have like shared houses for sort of oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Post grad students slash early career starters. So they both happened to move into the same house and dad lived in the attic and mum lived in the basement. Um and that's how they met.
1: The rest is history.
0: <laughs> and the rest is history. Um and then yeah, so after so Dad finished his PhD, um, and then, yeah, they got married April 1988. And then, I think September, and mum was working at that point. Um, so, female power, their first house mortgage was all on mum's wage. Oh, and yeah, kind of go girl. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then, um, dad's started working at the same school as mom he got a job there in the september of 18th. did they have the same
1: surname when they were teachers like did people know they were together
0: yeah i think so yeah i, I might have, have got that a little bit mixed i'm now sat here going oh my goodness they're gonna listen to this and i'm gonna get a massive text message going you got all the dates wrong but it's something along these lines kids right, you wait no get a
1: mark laura you wait get a
0: exactly um yeah and then so yeah, dad and then dad moved on to a sixth form college and then he went on to and he was there for eight like a decade and then he went to another sixth form college um and he became the principal of that one. Um and before that he taught like economics and business. Um so yeah, and like I don't so I don't have any siblings or anything. So in terms of my media family, it's just me, mum and dad. Um and that's that's them really. Um so for me, I I have a full appreciation for education. I am the daughter of two teachers very, very much. I am an insufferable nerd at all when I want to be. <laughs> like, you know, I love learning. And, like, you know, to be honest, like, as I've said previously, my whole thing with travel is to go and, like, learn about different cultures and kind of incorporate an understanding of other people into my life and stuff. And, yeah, like, you know, we'd have... Like, we discussed the Russian Revolution around dinner and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, it, that was just my environment. Um, and I'm grateful for it. Um, but I, I didn't want to be a teacher.
1: Yeah, <laughs> wh- why did you not want to be a teacher then? Because, like, it seems like the natural thing to fall into, doesn't it? Because it's, e- it's all, I'm not, I'm not saying teaching is an easy profession, I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is, it's an easy option to take after university, because you can just do a PGCA if you've got, like, a traditional subject, and then go into a career and teach teaching.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly right, the the route into teaching is very well carved out, isn't it? Like, it's a profession, you can just yes. go and do it. Um. But it just, I just don't think it ever wholeheartedly appealed to me, like, so when I was about seven, I think I said to my dad I was going to be an actress. And he was like, no, you're not get a proper job. So I said, fine, I'm going to be a police officer. And I don't think he liked that much better, but he couldn't argue that it wasn't a proper job. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and, like, I do, ultimately, like, I want to work with children and help children and, and those sorts of things. Like, that's definitely something that's always on my heart in terms of things I want to do in life. But I don't know. Like, just, I think... To be honest, seeing it with mum and dad, like, it was great having them there for holidays and weekends and all those sorts of things. But there is a lot of effort that goes into it. And as well, like, kids can be vile. Like, you know, when you get... We had this conversation in the flat the other night, like, um, like we were talking about, oh, like, what kids would you have and stuff? And I was like, I would want two boys and a girl. I was like, I don't want multiple girls because having gone to a girl's school from 11 to 16... I mean, just I went to say one. So yeah. girls are vile. Like th- how like how often did we see a girl get her head ra- like ragged around the playground because like she spoke to someone's boyfriend and all, all that?
1: The rumours well, that yeah. would go around. Oh, like like yeah. you know, we're all as adults, we're all about like support girls, but like as as girls. Yeah. Like I think I think it's hormones and competition and, oh, it is. and we're all insecure, aren't we, at that age, so we all like you know go go against each other but oh it's a horrific world isn't it it's a horrific world
0: it is it's it's gross so yeah it's just it's one of those things where i'm like i don't want 30 of them in my face all day every day like i it's it's something where i just look at it and i go of all the things that i've got patience for in the world to deal with as like difficult situations i'm not choosing that one i just don't want it um but it is funny, like one of the ways that mum and dad, I suppose, did affect me a bit in my educate ultimate education choices was so. So I've I think I mentioned probably on the opening one um episode of this like I have a bachelor's in criminology and history, so obviously the history side really came from my upbringing and their interests and like me getting into it and them c- encouraging that, and then I have a master's um in terrorism security and policing, and part of the reason Casual. I got the masters was first of all it's a blooming cool masters it was so interesting um and i i had like that privilege that i could take an extra year of education and like continue to learn about something that i wanted to but also like i didn't want to be the only person at the dinner table that didn't have two degrees
1: (laughs) and that is absolutely a thing
0: and auto winner for me i'm the only one of the three of us that has got um a science-based degree so, my bachelor's is a bachelor's of arts. Oh, yeah. Criminology is a social science. So, depending on what you pair it with is whether they give you a BA yeah. or an MSc. Um, and then, with but with the, the master's, that was all social science. So, yeah. they just said, like, that's a science. So, mum and dad have got all these artsy subjects, whereas I got an art and a science. Well so, done. I'm obviously the cleverest.
1: Well, 100%. And do your mum and dad have a podcast, Laura? No,
0: exactly.
1: Well, they can't
0: answer any of this. I mean, <laughs> I would have to a million thing. WhatsApps about it, but like they can't answer this in public. So, no, no that's the final answer.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm the only
0: senior product marketing executive in the house. They're just
1: both well, teachers. Well, exactly. Like, oh, teachers. Oh. So. <laughs> we love teachers. And, you know, their careers like teaching and, you know, all of that are incredible careers for people and it's not easy and we we tip our hats to anyone who um sure. does anything rewarding and valuable to society like that. To kind of round
0: off this episode, um as we always do on a bit of a affirmation comment of empowerment. Um, I've actually chosen a quote from Maya Angelou. This Love week, her. Love her. Who is incredible. If you don't know her, go find out about her because her words will change your life in a good way. Um, and the quote from her is, you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And I think that's actually really poignant with what we've been talking about, you know, this whole week, really, like... It is that thing of there are just going to be times that you can't control what's going on around you. Um, and, you know, whether that's just... It's an extreme bad event. Like, somebody is, you know, attacking you because of your skin colour, your like, your gender, whatever. Like, it's... You can't control somebody else's actions and you can't control the universe, but what you can do is always control how it affects you in terms of how you respond to it. So it's that thing of do you know what? Sometimes, like the world can just feel like it's throwing stones at you and it's being horrible to you, yeah? But you absolutely have the power to take those stones and turn them into like the rock of your foundation and yeah. build yourself up from it. Like, it's not easy, it's really, really difficult and it's so, so hard. Like, it, it is hard, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah, and it's okay to take a breather. You don't have to, you know, something bad doesn't have to happen, you know, happen in your life and then, you know, five minutes later, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, you know, even a year later, you don't have to spring back up straight away and, yeah. like, and get back to it. But another quote that, you know, she, I think she's got a help her, poem, but, you know, the, the end line that she says is, but still like it, I'll rise. So it's okay to take that little bit of time, how much time you need to process the situation, whatever's happening to you, but you don't have to let it keep you down forever. And, you know, you can continue to go forward and be bold. But yeah, how you react to it, how you choose to react to it, everything is in your hands. It's your power to do what you want with it. 100% long episode tonight laura like woohoo i hope our fans enjoyed it there are many fans that we've got in the way
0: <laughs> yeah no appreciate it is a little bit longer but um thank you for sticking with us and as always just thank you for turning up and listening to this we massively appreciate any and all feedback that we get so please do reach out, you can get catch us both on LinkedIn if you wanna keep it professional. professional. Um if you're more of a Instagram kind of person, I am at um Laura Meets World13. Jess is at jesscalcran.co uk. And then on Twitter and Instagram we are using hashtag thrivingworld nine to five in if you have any thoughts or comments that you wanna share by that.
1: Yeah, and if you disagree with us as well, like I would really like me and laura have both just said so many times we love learning and like you know finding out more so if you disagree with anything that we've said like please get in touch because we would love to have that conversation like yes. I'd, lo- I'd love to chat with you and like you know understand like your perspective on stuff so if you've got you know if you disagree with anything we've said like please get in touch because we really really like appreciate hearing from you and understand how you know we can learn more from you and understand your point of view of we've said something you don't agree with. So I'm here for, I'm here for like a, a polite disagreement. So any thoughts, send them, send them our way on social media, unless I've deleted everything and I'm just gone forever. <laughs> so yeah, um, this'll be going, this is, this'll be live on Easter Sunday morning. So I wish everyone an absolutely lovely Easter. Enjoy the bank holiday as well. If you've got time off Um, do whatever, do whatever you want. And, obviously later nights now so just let's all just enjoy ourselves spring is here so thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time for episode seven thank you bye, bye. and thanks to evan digital for the production of this podcast